Hey everyone, welcome back to the All Things Gymnastics Podcast. I'm Ashley. And I'm Brittany. And this is the podcast where we talk about all things gymnastics. And this week we discuss the upcoming NCAA season and give our NCAA final predictions. Even though it's way too early for that, we figured it would be fun just to share our thoughts as of right now. And then of course we can go back and look and see how right or wrong we are. That's always a good time. So if you want to hear our predictions, stay tuned. But first we want to thank our Gold Level Patreon supporters. A big thank you to Kathleen R, Amy M, Lucy S, Kevin K, Maya A, Becca S, Nina L, DFP, Blake B, Elaine E, Rydog, Cookie Master, Faith M, Kristen R, Lori S, Sabrina M, Amy C, and Erica S. Thank you all for continuing to support our show each month at the highest tier level. We appreciate you all so, so much, and we've grown so much in the past year, and we're just so thankful for all of your support, whether you're a Patreon supporter or not, the positive feedback that we get on the interviews that we do, um, the increase in followers that we receive during the Olympics and more views on our podcast. We've just grown this amazing community of support and we can't thank you all enough for being a part of it. So we love you. Thank you. And we hope that you enjoyed today's episode, the final episode of 2021. So by the time you guys are listening to this episode, college gymnastics season is going to be about a week and a half away. Which is super exciting. So, so, so exciting. Our favorite time of the year. And we figured what better way to end 2021 than with an episode sharing our thoughts and predictions for the upcoming season. Of course, it's still really, really early in the season. We haven't really even seen a lot from some of the top teams. Yeah, there's a lot of pieces to the puzzle that we're missing at this point. Yeah, a lot of things that are unknown and we're kind of just trying to piece things together based off of either things that we're seeing on social media, getting injury updates, um, you know, listening to people who have the inside scoop with certain teams, kind of just using all of our resources to pull together information on some of these teams like Oklahoma and LSU and Alabama and, you know, some of these schools that haven't really had too much public inner squads or... Yeah, our attention on them in general. Yeah, so... But I will say that I'm really excited for this season in general. There's a lot of really, really talented teams this year. Yeah. And, you know, every year there's always two or three teams, you could say are always in the mix to win that national title. Like true contenders. Yeah, but this year, I genuinely feel like there's at least four, if not five teams that on any given day could be that number one team, which is both scary and fun. Yeah. It's very (laughs) thrilling, but as a Michigan fan and, you know, being a fan of that number one team, the team that won last year, obviously I want Michigan to repeat, so I'm kind of like sweating a little bit, if I'm being honest. <laughs> because I recognize all of the talent that's in college gymnastics right now. Yeah. I was going to say, you know, coming up with my list of my top eight, who I think is going to make it to nationals, and ultimately who I think is going to make it to the final four, four on the floor, whatever you want to call it. Um, you know, I recognize that really any of those teams could win. It really just comes down to who's the best on that day. Yeah. And, you know, you can... Which is really how it should be. Yeah. And you can see a team's roster and think that, you know, they have so much talent on this team. There's no way this team shouldn't win or whatever. But, you know, it really does come down to who performs the best on that day. And, you know, there's so many teams this year that are capable of winning and, You know, I could see it going a lot of different ways. So we're really excited for the season to get started. Excited to see all the teams out there on the competition floor and really get a feel for what each team is bringing to the season. 
this list, me and Brittany each came up with our own, but... And we haven't discussed it yet. No, we haven't. So this will be exciting for us as well. But, you know, it's a little bit... It's a combination of things. It's feelings-based. It's fact-based. It's based off of what we've seen. It's based off of what we know. And of course, we know that a lot is going to change once the season gets started. We have more clarity on, you know, who's injured or who's going to be back at a certain point in the season. You know, but we have more clarity of what's going on with these teams. Yeah, or just how the team is looking together. Like, you can have a super talented freshman class that comes in with big names and big skills and have high expectations for them. And then when it's time to actually go out there and put it all on the floor... Sometimes we see people crack under pressure a little bit and things just happen. Right. So so we acknowledge that, you know, it's hard a lot to can make change. Yeah, it's hard to make a legitimate prediction for who we think is gonna be that number one team, what is it, like four months from now? Yeah. Five months, whatever it is. We got a long way to go. Right. So like it's really hard to really know for certain. Who we're going to see at that point when so much can happen between now and then. Right. So this is kind of just for fun. We like hearing your guys' thoughts. We like going on social media and seeing everyone talking about, you know, who they think is going to win. We like seeing all that stuff. So this is just our perspective, what we think, you know, based off what we've seen so far, what we think is going to happen. So I figured we would just start by reading our lists and then we can kind of dive into each of the teams and explain, you know, why we we feel that way. Yeah. So these are going to be our top eight. So essentially the teams that we think are going to make it to nationals. Okay. So I'm going to start from the bottom. I feel it's a little more dramatic that way. Okay. So are we going, are you reading your whole list? Yes. And then I'm doing mine. Okay. So this is Ashley. Hey. My list (laughs) is Arkansas at number eight. Cal at number seven, UCLA at six, LSU at five, and then my final four is Oklahoma, Utah third, Florida second, and of course, I gotta go Michigan at number one. You have to. We may be slightly biased. We're going to acknowledge that. Slightly biased, but also not. We'll get into it. Go ahead, Brittany. Okay. So mine is actually pretty similar to yours. Slightly different ranking, especially towards like the bottom four. So number eight, I have UCLA. Seven, I have ASU because I think they're going to be killer this season. Good one. We'll touch on that. Sixth, I have Cal. Fifth, LSU. Fourth, Oklahoma. Third, Utah. Second, Florida. And number one, Michigan. Okay. So we are really, really similar. So we agreed on the top. We agreed on the final four. Actually, no, the, the final the five. Top five, yeah. Okay, so let's let's start at the top now and work our way down and talk about why we feel this way. So starting with Michigan, our, of course, our favorite team. <laughs> but also, you know, we, we joke when we say biased, but also not biased. I mean, Michigan looks great. And, you know, we have been around Michigan a lot this season so far. We were in their gym for their inner squad. We saw them perform in Chrysler. We were at two of their practices. So at the end of November. So it's yes, more recent. So recent. We we've seen a lot of Michigan and I, I truly am really impressed. They are only losing one routine from that NCAA championship performance that won them the title last season. That's Lauren Farley on beam. And they're also now, unfortunately, losing Carly Bauman, the sophomore. She was somebody who was looking so, so good leading up to the season. Bev was really excited about her. She was bringing upgrades. She had a one and a half on vaults. She had a fallen on floor, which is actually what she got injured on right before their inner squad when they were going to floor, yeah. which is really unfortunate. But she was looking so good. She was like a mini Natalie Wojcik. Yeah. <laughs> I actually wanted to take a moment just to talk about her because... 
I was sad that she didn't really get her chance to shine in the Inside Gymnastics video that we produced because there was a part where Bev was kind of talking about her and raving about her gymnastics and how she thinks she's going to do big things this season. And we had to cut that out, unfortunately, because it was a season preview and she we, got she got injured two days after we were filming it. We so. did put a clip of her in there. Actually, there was, there was two. There was one of her like chalking up and like standing by the flags, which we thought looked cool. And then we did put one clip of her doing her bar dismount. We just had to. Just because it was so good. She stuck the landing. And we just we had to. <laughs> but we had clips of like her vault, her on floor. She her confidence is just so much improved. That was something that Bev said, and I noticed it watching in the gym as well. She seems way more confident, super consistent. She was another one who kind of like Natalie Wojcik and Sierra Brooks. We've mentioned this before on the show, but they are the kind of athlete that they go up and whether it's in competition or in practice, and they do the same things over and over and over again mm-hmm. to the point where it's almost like a little bit. Dare I say boring? As somebody who was there recording and, you know, we're focusing on Natalie and Sierra. It's boring in a good way. Yeah, they're doing the same things over and over again. I'm like, I just need you to do something different. Like, give me something different. This looks the exact same. But what more do you want? They're sticking their landings and nailing their routine. Right. I'm totally joking. Totally joking. (laughs) It's a good problem to have. When your athletes are going up and they're just doing the same routines over and over again. It is what you're saying. When you're in the gym recording, you basically just have to move on to somebody else because you have so many clips of this person or that person doing the same routine over and over again that it's like okay I have to move on to somebody else like sorry Natalie like I've got enough of you serving beam dismounts that are stuck I gotta move on to somebody else now right like how many times do I need Sierra or Natalie or whoever sticking these dismounts or nailing these routines like you're good we get it right (laughs) but I wanted to say giving a shout out to Carly Bauman because I would put her in that group of gymnasts who I don't think genuinely I saw her make a mistake at all within the two days of practice. No, she was solid. She was nailing everything on practically every event from what I saw. And it's possible that maybe I looked away and I missed something at some point in time. But she was very, very steady and I made note of that. So it was really unfortunate to see her go down. Yeah, that I think that she definitely would have been a a secret weapon for Michigan that I think a lot of people maybe wouldn't be expecting. Yeah, because last season as a freshman, she was kind of that leadoff person. And she was really consistent last season. She was a good, you know, 9-8 range score to get the team going on whatever event it was. Yeah, she was really just bars being on floor. Yeah, but she was consistent last season but I really feel like she upped her game this year and she was kind of taking it up a notch and I saw her being the person that would go out there and get scores 9-9 or higher each week like she really looked so much improved from last season in that short period of time and losing her is definitely a big hit for Michigan and I don't think people realize it necessarily because people she don't didn't get really... the chance to like publicly prove it yeah people don't really know what she was looking like in the gym but that's that definitely is a big loss the second we found out that she was injured it was kind of like like, like Michigan is so good. They have so much talent on their team. I think they're going to be fine, but it definitely does suck just to lose somebody else that would help bring in those big scores. I will say, though, Naomi Morrison, she's a sophomore this year, and she also was really stepping it up. That's someone else that Bev also mentioned when we did our Michigan video with Inside Gymnastics. She's bringing upgrades. She has a full in on floor, which is beautiful. Legs pasted together. Just so, so good. She's that same way on bars, too. I mean, she did bars a couple 
couple times last season, but legs glued together on the Ginger, just perfect form and execution. I can see her really bringing in some bigger scores this year, mm-hmm. especially on floor now that she has that E tumbling pass. Last season, she did floor a couple times. She wasn't consistently in the lineup. No. But this year, I definitely anticipate that she will be. And not only just being in the lineup consistently, but bringing in big scores. I can see her, you know, hitting 9-9 or higher each and every week if she Mm -hmm. hits her routine. She's also looking really consistent. She has a a 1.5 on vault, which is beautiful. Actually has a career high 9.975 on that event. So she's somebody that, you know, when you look at last season compared to this season, she's stepped up her game, and that's a good thing. Natalie, Sierra, Abby High School, Abby Brenner, they're all looking amazing. Gabby Wilson's another one. I mean, this team really is stacked and has a lot of talent. Mm -hmm. Um, And I just feel good about where they're at right now in terms of their consistency for this point in the season. I mean, they look like they're mid-season heading into postseason shape. Truly. And like we were saying in the beginning, it's hard to actually compare because we truly haven't seen every team in the same capacity that we've seen a team like Michigan. But I really do think that from what I have seen, Michigan is one or two with, I would say, Utah or Florida being that kind of that second or third team. And I I go back and forth with that just based off of what we're currently seeing. Michigan is not in like preseason shape. They're in a midseason shape, possibly on some days postseason shape. Yeah. They're looking really good for where they're at right now. And it's just about managing that. That's going to be the tough thing is keeping people healthy and managing kind of where they're at now and continuing to build on it. But I also feel like we haven't seen clearly their best yet. Like from their exhibition, they got a 19725, which is the highest score that Michigan has ever got at that exhibition. Normally they're in like the 195, I think maybe sometimes 196 range. That first meet, that exhibition, is usually kind of a... Um, I don't want to say rough, but it's not like that. That's like a very low starting point for them, and they kind of slowly build as season goes on. That's what Michigan has always done in the past. So I think for them to go out and kind of open up with that one nine seven two five, I think it's a great starting point for them, and really just shows that they're going to be starting where they left off last season, and it looks easy for them. And I think that's a really big thing too. Is you know, every time they do these routines, it looks like they're ready to win a national championship. They're they're in top form already, and they look so comfortable and confident in what they're doing. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a very good sign because a lot of teams, they have the talent, but then when they get out there and they're competing, they, they fumble. And whether it's because of nerves or, you know, lack of consistency or self-doubt, that stuff kind of creeps in sometimes when you're competing. And We'll see, you know, when the season actually begins, but Michigan so far, they look like they're picking up right where they left off, and I think that's a very, very good sign. And there is a possibility, too, that they'll have some other people stepping in as well. They have, you know, a good freshman class. I think J.C. Vore is probably the biggest name in the freshman class and somebody that a lot of people are expecting to contribute to this team. Yep. She is coming off of an injury, working her way back and looking really good. She is doing bars and beam right now. She competed those events in the exhibition and the inner squad meets. And she's also training. She's training floor and vault. I think if there's a possibility that we're going to see any of those added to her arsenal for this season, it would probably be floor. She's, you know, yeah, she seemed the most behind out of all in yeah. comparison to the other events. She's vaulting into a pay. I haven't seen her actually stand one up, even in the pay. She hasn't landed any vaults from what we've seen so far. Um, floor, she's tumbling into the pit, but she's landing on her feet, and it looked like she was starting to do her middle floor pass 
on the actual floor surface. So I think that, you know, by midseason, that's a possibility. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think about Michigan's events? Do you think that there's one event that's going to be stronger than the other? Oh, absolutely. I would say Vault, hands down, is going to be their number one event. Yeah, they're stacked. And, yeah, I would attribute that mostly to the fact that literally the entire lineup is either capable of doing a one and a half or they're training a one and a half. Yeah, and I don't know any other team that can say that. You guys, Michigan, I don't think people realize this. We've said it on Twitter before, but, like, Michigan... Their entire team, except for one gymnast, can do a one and a half. Or at least is training it. Yes, they've either competed it before or they're training it. But, like, that's really, really good. I don't know if there's any other teams that are capable of doing that. And that's good for the future as well, just the potential that this team has. Yeah. Even when they graduate some of those really talented seniors. And the vault lineup that we have from last year will carry over into this year. And it's a really solid vault lineup. We're talking not only great vaults execution-wise in the air, but they also know how to stick the landing. These are athletes that pretty much go up every week and are either sticking their vaults or having small hops, small steps, very, very, very good vaults, not just chucking one and a half and hoping to get them around like we see with some of these other schools. So I think that's definitely going to be an advantage that Michigan has is not only having that whole lineup of 10 star value vaults, but also the quality of the vaults and how good they can actually score from start to finish. I absolutely agree. I think looking at Michigan as a whole, they're, they're pretty solid on all of the events. They really don't have one event that is really weak, I would say. I think Vault is probably going to be their strongest event. And, you know, they're pretty even keeled across the board. I think maybe Beam is a place where they're losing the most between Lauren Farley graduating and now losing Carly Ballman. She was in the Beam lineup. And technically Maddie Mariani as well. She wasn't in postseason lineups, like at regionals or nationals, but she was somebody throughout her career. And also at the beginning of last season that was in the Beam lineup and was super consistent on that event. So definitely still a loss. So I think that if there's a, any area that's maybe a little bit of a question mark for Michigan, it would be Beam. Maybe not their most consistent event, but obviously still a good event. That's where they won the national title last year. It all came down to right. Beam. So Clearly they can handle the pressure. <laughs> right? So I'm just, I'm excited to see Michigan this season. I'm feeling good about where they're at. But, you know, they have teams like Florida who are going to be right on their heels and they're not going to make it easy for them at all. Florida is returning lots of talent to their roster as well. They have Megan Skaggs and Alyssa Bowman, two really big names and big contributors for that team. And then they're also gaining arguably the best freshman class in the country. They have Sloan Blakely, who was a former elite gymnast and really a tank of a level 10. Yeah, multiple-time JO National champion, and she won every single event last year at JO Nationals, including the all-around. No big deal. Tank. <laughs> Literally, tank. <laughs> and then some other big names, obviously, Riley McCusker, tremendous athlete. Leanne Wan coming off of the World Championships, where she won a silver medal in the all-around and a bronze on floor. Olympic alternate. Yes, she's going to be... She's made for NCAA, I feel like. I've, I've been waiting for this moment my whole life to see her in the NCAA. Yeah, same. They also have Morgan Hurd coming in. She, from my understanding, is not on campus yet, but she's getting there very, very soon. I think by the time that this episode will be out, she'll be, this is the week that she's coming onto campus. I'm really curious to see what she looks like, just because we haven't really, since tour, we haven't seen anything from her. 
And that's not to say that, you know, she's not in the gym working or whatever. We just haven't seen it. So it's really hard to speak on what we think she's going to do. Yeah. But, you know, there's some potential there for her as well to be in the lineups, at least providing some depth on some of the events. Yeah, for sure. I mean, she is a reigning world all-around champion. We can't forget that. And I think she's coming into her redemption era. I'm feeling that coming. And also, I want to circle back to Riley McCusker because I feel like you totally skimmed over her and it was disrespectful. Girl, we're going to get into it. She's a bar queen, a former world champion back in 2018. I just wanted to point out some of her acolytes and some of her strengths. I think that she's going to be really big for Florida this year, especially on Bars and Beam, because those were her best events as an elite. You know, I said Leanne was made for NCAA. I feel like Riley is too. I mean, with that toe point, the technique, the precision in which she moves with, I feel like she's also going to be a 10-0 machine. And that's really, really scary for everybody else in the world and very, very (laughs) good for Florida that they have all of this talent on their team. You know, this is just the freshman class we're talking, but they also have so many amazing girls on their team just returning from last season. Right. This team is going to be dangerous. That was the first thing that I wrote down under my Florida notes. Item number one, this team is going to be dangerous. Yeah, it's it's really pretty scary. Um, I feel like everyone should be quaking in their boots a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> well, and it's interesting because... You know, we did a poll and we asked you guys who you think is going to be the national champion at the end of the year, just to kind of see how everybody else is thinking and feeling at this point in time. After seeing some of the inner squads. And I was kind of surprised how little people voted for Florida. It really seemed to be Michigan and Utah were like the number two. And that's consistent across the board, not just in our poll, but in other people's polls that I've seen. It really seems that it's either Utah coming out on top or Michigan coming out on top, which I agree with. But I also... I personally, at this point in time, I'm kind of viewing Florida as the second best team, possibly first, depending on the day, of course. And so I'm surprised that, like, some people are having them as, like, third or fourth, and I'm like, really? Yeah. Well, I think a lot of people are unsure just because we see videos from Florida, just what they post on their Instagram story, or, you know, if a gymnast posts something on their social media. We didn't really get to see their inner squad. They didn't stream it. It was Mm -hmm. open to the public, so unless you live in Gainesville, you didn't really get to see anything. So I think that's why people are hesitant, just because they truly don't know what to expect. And I think that when you look at Florida the last couple of seasons, they have moments where they're really, really good. And you're like, wow, they have the capability to win it all. Yeah. But then, you know, they show up in the postseason and they don't have their best performance. And that's what happened last year. Well, and in 2019 as well. Who could forget? They didn't yeah. even qualify to nationals yeah. because of their showing that they had at regionals. Right. So I think that that's... And they were they the number one team that year too. They were having a really good season. Yeah. yeah. And then in 2020, they looked great too. And then COVID ruined the season. So it's been kind of a rough go for Florida the last couple of years. And it has nothing to do with the girls on the team. I mean, they have so much talent on that team and like I said the capabilities to win it all I think they just need to kind of keep it together when it matters most Mm -hmm. Um, but it it should help having you know Trinity Thomas back at full strength oh absolutely and Ellie Lazari is really stepping up she looks like she's going to be doing a one and a half on vault this season she's another gymnast that has like perfect technique and you know is capable of scoring big scores all across the board so I think that, you know, Florida is going to be looking pretty good this year. Yeah. I'm really excited to see them actually out there competing. And I think that they're going to be hungry considering, like we just said, that their season hasn't really ended the way they wanted it to. Really, the last three or four years, you could say. So yeah. I think it's just a matter of, first of all, having the talent that they have, how do they manage that? How do you create lineups that really uses your depth so that way you can manage injuries and keep people healthy as the season goes on? And then, of course... 
how they compete in postseason I think is going to be a really big factor. But you could really say that's the case for any team. That's not just specific to Florida. That's literally the goal for any team is managing your depth, keeping your gymnast healthy, and then, of course, getting to postseason and setting yourself up to have a good competition to be able to make it to not only nationals, but then even the final day of nationals. Yeah. Because at this point, like, there's so many good teams that no team can really consider themselves a guarantee. Mm-hmm. Everybody's got to fight for it. Yeah. You know, the depth is something that I think is really going to be big for Florida. And I remember saying this last year as well. They have so much depth. I really don't envy the coaches for, you know, having to make that lineup and make those decisions because how do you decide when you have that much talent on your team? Like, how do you pick who goes? And I guess it's good because you can rest people when needed. Yeah. And there's athletes like Riley McCusker who has had a lot of injuries in the past. You know, I could see her needing breaks throughout the season. Or just even to be, like, eased in a little bit. Yeah, so I, it's a good thing when you look at it from that perspective, but also, like, for the coaches, how do you pick who goes in the lineup? Uh, I but don't it, know. It's a good <laughs> it's a good problem to have. Um, I wanted to ask you about Leanne Wan's vault. What do you think of her vault? So I think a lot of people were expecting that she would do maybe your Yurchenko full at the start or maybe eventually do your Yurchenko double because her double was really good in Elite. Yeah. But now she's doing a... Well, at least she was in the inner squad. She did a Yurchenko half on, half off piked. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how I feel about it. See, I don't, I don't have super strong opinions one way or the other. I kind of liked it. Um, when I first saw that video, I was very, very excited that she had a 10 start value and that she also stuck it in the video that we yeah, saw. Yeah, she did do it very nicely. Yeah, so I was pleasantly surprised by that. I think I'd like to see her a little bit more piked in the air. It's kind of like an opened pike, which I don't know how strictly the judges are going to deduct that. I mean, I was going to say, do you think that? Yeah, I'm like, do you really think that's something that's going to be a problem, though? It, depend- not- it depends on the judges, but honestly, probably not. We'll see. You never know. The SEC judges. I think it's going to come down to how consistent is that ball and how often could she stick it. That's really what's going to matter. But, I mean, the way she did it in their inner squad, that would score pretty well in competition, I would think. Yeah, I think it got a 9.95. But I also feel like that can't really be trusted, that score. <laughs> right. Carol was already out in full force, <laughs> I think. Because I'm like, there's no reason why you should be getting that high of scores. I think the team got like a 198. Yeah, at that engine air squad, and I'm like, okay, you'll do the chill just a bit. Like, you're good, but, like, calm down. (laughs) And obviously, that's not anybody's fault. That's the judges. I think they had real judges there. I believe they were real judges, but most most teams do have real judges for their inner squads. It's just hard when a team comes out with the gate and they're scoring, like, postseason, like, national championship winning level of good. I just don't know if that's realistic at this point in time. Or even if you want to be at that point. Like, you know, you don't, you don't want, want to be in. You don't want to come out and win the national championships at your December inner squad. Yeah, they very well might just be the first team that goes 200. Who knows? <laughs> Do you feel like this team has a particular strength or a weakness? Um, similar to Michigan, I can kind of see them being pretty even across the board. I I do think they stand out a little bit more on bars and beam, and that's because they have gymnasts like Riley McCusker and Leanne Juan, Alyssa Bauman. Um, Leah Clapper is a tremendous beam worker that I think a lot of people, you know, with this class coming in, I don't want to say that people are going to overlook her because like, obviously we all know how great she is. She scored a 10 last season and she's like a consistency machine, but 
you know, when you have so many big names coming in and you have a gymnast like Leah who only does one event, I think with the hype, sometimes you can kind of forget about all the other talent that they have on the team. Yeah. So just like a reminder to everyone that like Leah Clapper is there and I see her absolutely making that beam lineup and bringing in big scores again this season. Yeah. She's working hard to make all of those lineups and yeah. I really respect her for that. And I think that she's going to have a phenomenal year. Yep. Um, we mentioned already Ellie Lazari, Trinity Thomas, huge scores. Um, Savannah Shane here on bars in particular. There's just so much to work with with this team. I feel like they do stand out a little bit more in my mind, at least, on bars and beam. Yeah. That's going to be the toughest lineup to make if you're a Florida Gator. And I was going to say, I think if I have them having a possible weakness, I would say maybe Vault. They are one of those teams that has the potential to have a full 10-0 start value lineup. I think the biggest difference between a team like Florida on vault and a team like Michigan, for example, is the quality of the vaults and also the consistency of the vaults. Yeah. Florida has not been a team in years past, even with some of their best vaulters like Naya Reed and Trinity Thomas, to really be able to rely on somebody to go up there and stick if you need it. Yeah. Where, you know, a team like Michigan, you could basically count on at least probably half their lineup sticking it or getting close to sticking it. Almost every single meet. Yeah. Um, whereas that's Florida, that's that hasn't really been the case. You occasionally get a stick or a near stick here and there. But I really would like to see the whole lineup be able to produce that level of consistency. And I think that's going to be needed when it comes down to regionals and nationals and it really starts to get down to the wire. I absolutely agree. Yeah, I think, you know, the potential is there. They have the big explosive vaults. They just got to find the consistency and control those landings, and that's really going to be key. And that could be what separates them from a team like Michigan. You know, if they can figure out those vault landings, you know, Florida could very easily be clearing away the favorite team at the end of the season. I mean, that's how good they are. It's really just, even on the other events, it's really about consistency and staying healthy. I think it's a big thing as well. They really need you know, their best out there and doing their best gymnastics. And if they can do that, I think that it's really, really hard to even doubt them. So in third, we both have Utah, which this is going to be another team with an incredible freshman class. So we have Kara Aker, who of course is the U.S. Olympic alternate, one of the U.S. Olympic alternates, I should say. Grace McCallum, who is an Olympic silver medalist for the U.S. She's someone who is expected to do all around and be able to do really big things. She also is someone who has a new vault, which that'll be really interesting because I think it's the kind of vault that's hard to stick and also kind of hard to have that really clean, perfect execution mm -hmm. on as far as like pointing your toes and things like that. So um, we can talk more about that in a minute, but just wanted to mention that she is going to be huge for Utah and definitely someone that I think we can expect to see in the all around this season. There's also Amelie Morgan, who is an Olympic bronze medalist for Great Britain and Sage Thompson, who is a level 10 standout and a bar queen. So definitely a really, really solid freshman class that I think we can expect to see a lot of contribution from this yeah. year. I think when you look at Utah's team from last year and you factor in all of the freshmen that they're getting, I think their stock is definitely up from last season. And I only see them continuing to get better and better. I mean, they finished the season in third last year. 
and they looked really, really good. I mean, they won the Pac-12 championship, and they definitely could be in contention with this freshman class to win that national title, and it's been a long time since Utah's won a national title. Yeah, they're a team that's always been in the mix. They're always in contention, especially back when it was, like, the Super Six. They were a team that was always expected to be there, but then now that it's the four on the floor, things definitely get tighter at that point Mm -hmm. in the season, and it was so thrilling last year to see Utah be able to squeeze in there over LSU and Alabama. It was it was Alabama, right? Yeah, it was Alabama. I think that that moment where they advanced, you could see how excited the team was. And then going into the finals and doing as good as they did, they finished third, but they were not that far off from Oklahoma yeah. and Michigan when it actually came to winning the title. Like They were still very much in it all the way until the final rotation. So I think that they're a team that last season proved that they can be in the mix and I don't expect the season to be any different yeah and I think they have that passion you can see it in them they really really want it oh they want it so bad and I think that you know it has to feel good for them to know that they're also returning a lot of the same talent that they had last year and then with the incredible freshman class that they're gaining it has to feel good knowing that like you are going to be up there with the very very best and you know they have one of the best beam lineups in the country too and yeah. I think that is definitely going to be their strongest event this season yeah from watching the Red Rocks preview that was one of my strongest lasting impressions was holy crap this team can do beam I think you know a lot of that is attributed to someone like Kara Aker who you know in elite she always had the composition struggles and you know little things here and there that we knew that she was capable of being a phenomenal beam worker but I think that she just had to get rid of those ring leaps right the ring leaps and I think just to be able to do a simple clean routine she can get super consistent with it and it's going to be so beautiful to watch I expect a lot of tens in her future Amelie Morgan. Love her mount. Oh, her mount is so cool. Has she competed that before? Because I was not expecting that. <laughs> um, Honestly, I don't know if I could say confidently because I, I don't know off the top of my head. Yeah. But either way, I'm like... It didn't like, look familiar. And it's so different when it comes to college gymnastics. That's something that I don't think we've maybe ever seen before in college gymnastics. By don't the quote way, me on that. We but... should probably say what the mount is for those that haven't seen it. Oh, is yeah. It... <laughs> Backhand spring step out onto the beam, and then she goes into an immediate layout step out. She does it in connection, and she did it so good. It was so good. It was so cool, too, and that's something that I think the crowd is really going to love. I mean, who knows at this point with the way coronavirus is getting crazy again. Who knows if we're actually going to have crowds. Right. But that's a conversation that we should have. Maybe for another podcast. Yeah. <laughs> but if Utah actually had a full crowd, that's something that they would really, really love and eat up is her B-mount because that's just really unique and different. Yeah, it's so exciting. Of course, they're returning the likes of Miley O'Keefe, Abby Paulson. Their entire beam squad in general, though, I can't say enough about that. I'm like... From start to finish, I think that they have somebody who is very capable of getting a 9-9 plus score consistently. And we're talking from the leadoff all the way to the anchor. It doesn't really matter what position they're in. I think that everybody on that team is going to be really capable of scoring super high. Yeah. And, you know, that's a good event to be really, really strong on. You know, we always talk about beam and gymnastics being the great equalizer and... You know, when it comes down to beam, especially at a national championship, you want to be at your best on that event because if you're a little bit nervous, you know, that's really the event where things can go south. And 
Utah's always been good on beam, but I think this year in particular, they're they're just even better than they were last season. We're seeing like a new level of confidence with them, I think. Yeah, and I think that can really come in handy in the postseason. We'll see what they look like on the other events. I don't think we really got the full picture at the Red Rocks preview. Yeah, I would say vaults. It's hard to say, but I think right now in my mind, I'm kind of viewing that as the weakest event. And I don't necessarily think that it's going to stay that way throughout season. It's hard to say because they were only doing your Chango Foles. Yeah, and, and they were like timers. Yes, yeah, so it wasn't even like they were, you know, sticking them or it didn't look like they were competition ready necessarily. Uh, but I don't have any doubts that they will be ready on that event. I mean... I understand keeping people healthy, trying to save the bodies a little bit. So totally respect that strategy. I think some people I was seeing on Twitter were like concerned that, you know, season is two or three weeks or whatever away and we're not seeing any competition ready vaults. I don't think it's that they don't have those vaults ready. I think they just made the choice to not show them. Yeah. Um, which I guess maybe you could argue is a concern if they already are having problems managing, you know, people's bodies and their health. I don't really know. I wasn't really too alarmed by it, but it does make it difficult to really evaluate them in comparison to the rest of the field. Yeah. We have Kara Aker who had a really consistent talk to Yurchenko one and a half in her elite days that I remember thinking well, was going to... Hold on. I think it was supposed to be a laid out one and a half and she just did it tucked. Well, okay. <laughs> then let me say this. My thoughts were, it's going to make a great talk to Yurchenko yes. one and a half in college. Absolutely. And are you sure? Because I really do feel like she did it tucked at some point. Mm. It's hard to say. I think sometimes it looked more laid out and sometimes it looked more tucked. Yeah. My, honestly, my memory is garbage. I know that... For most of her elite career, it was supposed to be laid out. She really only tucked it in the last half of the flip. So you're thinking it was a layout. I think it was supposed to be a layout, and she just had really bad form with it. But she did stick the landing a lot. I remember thinking, watching her as an elite, that she could do the Yurchenko one and a half tucked in college. And nail it. And it would be a really good score. Um, But she didn't do vault in the Red Rocks preview. Yes, and she didn't do bars either. There's also someone like Miley O'Keefe, who she has a great Yurchenko full, and that's somebody that you're going to want in your lineup if you have someone like her doing all-around, which I think they definitely would want that because she has the capabilities to be one of the best all-arounders in the country. But Vol is the event where she kind of falls behind because she's only doing that full. So I know that she's been training a one and a half in preseason, haven't really seen it. So again, kind of hard to say, but something that we can definitely look forward to. Grace McCallum, we mentioned, she's doing a different vault. Yeah, so she's doing the Yurchenko half on, half off. Same vault as Leanne Juan, but Grace does it in the tucked position. I'm interested to see how this is going to score. Yeah. Because I think that she has the ability to land it well, and she did land it well at the Red Rocks preview, but personally, and this is just my opinion, I, I don't like that vault. No, I Definitely don't not in the tucked position. It looks sloppy to me. And Grace also does have a little bit of flexed feet and stuff. So, I mean, I'm curious to know how the judges are going to deduct, how strict they're going to be with that. I honestly felt like her double would have been better. Because she had a pretty strong Yurchenko double. Yeah, I think so, too. I wasn't sure. Especially coming out the gates, I thought maybe she would start with the Yurchenko full. And then maybe at some point she would do a double. And who knows? Maybe she'll switch to that. You know, maybe they'll decide that the Yurchenko half on, half off isn't working and they'll go for that Yurchenko fall. I personally think her Yurchenko is cleaner than this half on, half off fault that she was doing. So it might be more worth it. Yeah, but we'll see. Um, I think that with the potential amount of one and a halves that they have, it might not be too much of an issue. 
Yeah, they have Alexia Birch, Jaden Rucker, Cami Hall, Lucy Stanhope, all very capable and have competed one and a half in the past. And Crystal Issa, am I making this up or has she been training a one and a half? No, she has been. Okay, that's And she also has a really, really solid full, which is definitely still an option for them. So they definitely have the potential here. That's what I'm saying. Like, I right now I'm kind of like tentatively having it as a week event, but it's not because I don't think that they're going to be good on that event. I just feel like I just don't know enough about them right. on that event yet. Too many unknowns. Bars, I don't really remember if we mentioned or not, but I think that the freshman class is really going to give them a boost on that event. Sage Thompson is absolutely beautiful. Oh, she's really good on bars. And I think that's the event where she's going to contribute the most, but, you know, I could see her if she hits her routine. She's definitely a 9-9 plus score. And she's pretty consistent, too, from her J.O. career, if I'm remembering correctly. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing her on that event. Grace McCallum, I think, will be a really big contributor on that event. Same with Amelie Morgan. And honestly, Kara Aker as well. I really do think the whole freshman class could see themselves in the lineup at one point or another. Amelie Morgan, I feel like Bars and Beam are her best events, at least in her lead days. Yeah. Those were kind of the two events that really granted her a spot on that Olympic team to begin with. So definitely expect a lot from her this season on those two events. And I think overall... Utah is going to be pretty even keeled on all four events. Yeah. I think we really need to see them out there on the competition floor in the competition setting to really know. Um, They looked okay at the Red Rocks preview. I don't think they blew my socks off, but I also don't think that I watched that meet and was concerned in any way. I mean, I think that it's obviously still really early in the season and it seems like they're pacing themselves yes which could be a smart strategy to have them blast through the whole season and to be able to peak when they need to when it matters most so you know I'm not judging it's it's not what other teams are doing but I'm, I'm not judging Utah for doing it I trust that the coaches know what they're doing and they know that team they know the bodies of the girls on that team and you know I think that they're going to be right up there at the end of the season. I, I expect them to just get better and better as the season goes on and um, peak at the right time. That's what I'm hoping for, at least. Oklahoma, we both had fourth. And, you know, they're the, the main reason why I have them at fourth is because, really, they're one of the only top teams that's losing their big all-arounder. Anastasia Webb, of course, reigning NCAA all-around champion. A huge score for the Sooners on all four events. A pretty big loss for them. Yeah, but they also lost Evie Schaefer and Jordan Draper. And although they weren't necessarily big, massive contributors to the lineup, still two people that were contributing towards the end of last season. Yeah. And still very much a loss for this team. So where things get interesting with Oklahoma is they are gaining, for starters, Jordan Bowers, who is an incredible former elite gymnast turned level 10. And she's coming in looking strong right out the gates. I and mean, we've seen some preseason training videos of her. And she's perfection, honestly. Yeah, doing like near perfect if not perfect routines every time we see her already and of course we haven't seen her in the competition setting yet but you know just in what we have seen in practice and you know highlights from their inner squad you know it, it might kind of balance out a little bit with Anastasia Webb leaving and her coming in because she really is that good yeah I think that she's someone who's going to come in and kind of take the role of being the star of the team and that's really incredible to say for someone who's a freshman but I really do think she's that good and she has that potential well yeah and I think that she's one that hasn't really had a whole lot of attention on her she doesn't really have any like name recognition because she was not an elite 
going into her college career. She dropped back down to level 10, like you right. said. So I think there's a lot of focus on the Olympians and the Olympic alternates. And, and there you're is forgetting a- about somebody like Jordan Bowers, who was actually really, really good during her elite days and was somebody who was on the national team and at one point was in contention for a spot on the Olympic team. Yeah, at one point, I was pretty confident that she was going to be there like I had her on my Olympic team at one point back in like what 2018 or yeah she was as a junior elite she was so good I mean not only is she clean and she has beautiful lines but she had impressive difficulty and she was just so good like I remember watching her and thinking like this girl is special and you know it's unfortunate that her elite career didn't work out but I think that she's another one that you know we talk about Riley and Leanne like I think Jordan Bowers was also made for college gymnastics. I mean, she is going to be, I don't want to, I'll knock on books. I don't want to jinx her, but she's going to be a 10-0 machine. Like, I think she's that good. And I'm so confident saying that coming in to college, she's going to be, you know, right off the bat, she's going to be a huge contributor for the Sooners. You know, and they have other freshmen as well that are really talented. They have Danielle Sievers and Maria Linker. They were standout level 10s. we didn't see either of them in Oklahoma's inner squad, yeah, which is a little bit concerning. I haven't seen Maria Linker at all at Florida or at Oklahoma. <laughs> <laughs> well, duh, you haven't seen her at Florida. She's not out Florida. Yeah, what are you talking about? <laughs> at Oklahoma, I haven't seen her at all. Danielle Sievers, I saw a little bit at the start of, you know, when everyone returned to campus and was training again. I'd see her a little bit here and there on Oklahoma's Instagram stories. And she was looking really good. But she was in a boot at their most recent end of December inner squad. Yeah. So we're really hoping that that was just a precautionary thing because we sometimes do see that where we'll see an athlete wearing a boot, but then, you know, they're fine. They're not actually injured. They're just kind of wearing the boot to stabilize and protect that ankle. Yeah. So fingers crossed on that. That's what we're hoping. But we don't have any insight here. That's just my... Um, fingers crossed prediction. Yeah, she'll be fine and she's going to come into season and kill it. And Maria Linker, we have no idea. I haven't heard anything about her. I know a lot of people have been asking about her, but I think they're kind of critical to this team if Oklahoma wants to be in the mix for the national title at the oh, end of the season. absolutely. Ideally, you'd want someone like Seavers and Linker in your vault and foil lineup. And probably also on bars and beam as well. Yeah, well, because, okay, so they have 10-0 start values. Obviously, they do Yushchenko one and a half on balls. They both scored 10s as level 10s. I was just going to say that. I'm like, if my memory serves correctly, they both had 10s. Yeah, before. they have E-tumbling passes on floor. They're, you know, typical beautiful technique Oklahoma gymnasts. I mean, they're the kind of athletes that are just perfect for Oklahoma. They have that style and that look to them. Mm -hmm. But if they're injured or not competing through most of the season, that's going to make things interesting because I think Oklahoma is going to struggle on an event like vault. And, you know, they do have some solid Yurchenko foals to work with, but I think if they want to be in contention with a team like Michigan or Florida or, you know, Utah, as we just mentioned, they really need all of their top athletes functioning and competing to the best of their abilities and to have potentially two of their top incoming freshmen out with an injury. You know, that's a little bit concerning, I would say. Yeah. No, for sure. And I think when I look at... Oklahoma as a whole and I guess maybe what their strong suit is what I think their weakness will be I think they will be really strong on vault bars and beam vault I think is again kind of going to depend a little bit because they have two one and a halves with Seavers and Linker like we just said that they kind of need if they want to stay competitive so that is kind of like a solid event for them but pending at this point in time yeah and I also think with floor 
that is an event where they don't really have those big e-tumbling passes, um, nothing super flashy that makes them stand out on that event. And I also think that you're relying on a lot of people being healthy. For example, Olivia Troutman, Reagan Smith, those are people that normally could step in and be super solid on that event, but struggle like Olivia Troutman throughout her career with injuries. Reagan Smith, the second half of last season, only was doing bars and beam. She didn't do floor at their most recent inner squad. So definitely some question marks there. And I think that when you're comparing them, like we already said, to some of these other teams where we don't have as many question marks, it is a little bit hard to go out on a whim and say they're going to be that number one team or really that they're even going to be in the four on the floor. I think, of course, the potential is there. The potential has to be there. They obviously are national champions in the past, a team that has always consistently been the number one or the number two team the last couple of seasons. So I don't expect that to change. I don't expect them to just like drop off the face of the earth suddenly. But I do think they have their work cut out for them. Yeah, and I think that you know maybe it might be a little bit of a slower start to the season. And then hopefully, you know, if Danielle Severs maybe is precautionary, they could really use her back in the lineup. Hopefully we'll have a little bit more clarity as the season goes on. We'll have a little bit more answers. But right now, yeah, just a lot of uncertainty. And there's so many teams out there that feel like they're ready right now. And Oklahoma just doesn't feel ready right now to me. Mm -hmm. And I'd love for them to prove me wrong. And maybe they will. Yeah. But just based off of what we've seen and what we know so far, there's just a lot of uncertainty for me to be comfortable saying that, you know, I see them being a national contender at this point in time. But I also feel like they're the kind of team that you can never really count out. Like I was saying, they've really dominated college gymnastics for the last several years. Even if they're not winning the national title, they're always either the number one or the number two team. And they've been pretty consistent with that. So I think maybe this season they're flying under the radar a little bit. But hey, that might not be a bad thing. I think for some teams to be able to kind of just work quietly behind the scenes and not really have a lot of eyes on you, not really have that attention on you. A lot less pressure. And also just sometimes having people doubt you a little bit. I know for some athletes that absolutely fuels them. Yeah. So... I mean, who really knows what could happen, but I'm definitely not counting Oklahoma out. I think they're still very much in this, and that's why we both have them as our number four team. Mm -hmm. It's because although there's some uncertainty and some questions that we have regarding injury status and, you know, our lineups and not really knowing exactly what this team is going to look like, I still expect a lot from them. And I do think that some way, somehow, they're going to find themselves up there as one of those top contending teams. I see the drive and I see the potential. And I see that with a team like LSU as well. We both have them fifth on our list. You know, they're a team that has been on the brink of winning a national title for a while now. And they're a team that I think a lot of people expected to be the next team to win the national title. Oh, for sure. Myself included. I thought that if any team was going to do it next, it was hands down going to be LSU. And, you know, I think that they're hungrier than ever this season. I think they've been hungry every season. But But that's my only, like, slight thing is I'm like, what is going to be the tipping point for them? Like, what is going to be the perfect recipe to make this team come together and finally be able to do it? Because they have been at this point for a while where they've been really, really good and they've been really, really close, and it just doesn't happen. Yeah. So the question is, what needs to happen? Well, they do have new coaches this season with Courtney and Garrett Griffin. Griffith, Courtney McCool and her husband Garrett Griffith. They are coming in from Utah and now they're at LSU. So I'm excited to see, you know, how the Florida teens look. Well, we should clarify 
Jay Clark is still the head coach. Yes. You made it sound like they had new coaches and they're like the head coaches. <laughs> no, no, no. I, you know what? Okay. <laughs> I probably should have clarified. I'm sorry. No, don't worry. That's why I'm I here s- for. I got you back. I assume people know that Jay Clark is still the head coach. Sometimes, I mean, that would be big news. Sometimes if, me and Ashley talk and we just expect people to read our minds. Yeah, we expect people to just automatically be on the same wavelength as us. My apologies. Thank you for keeping me in line, Brittany. Yes, they are assistant coaches I mentioned that because that is a change from last season we'll see how it works out for them if it's going to be a positive change or not I do think that I like Courtney and Garrett as coaches yeah and Utah was really good last season with them so well, the last couple seasons with them so you know they've been in the coaching game for a while and I'm excited to see what they can bring to LSU that could be a positive change. Yes. And LSU, very similar to pretty much all of the other top teams. They also have not lost any competitive routine from their lineup, which is going to mm-hmm. bode really well for them this season. And they have a freshman class that's really exciting, and I think that we're going to see contributions from in one way or another, the most notable being Aaliyah Finnegan. She is going to be absolutely amazing in college. We get to see another Delchev on bars. I'm super excited about we that. We love the Delchev. <laughs> her beam is beautiful. Her floor, I just feel like she's a natural performer. So I think she's somebody that, at least on those three events, I expect really big things from there's also Tori Tatum she was a former elite gymnast but she's somebody that we haven't really seen a lot of in the last another mystery yeah and there was a video that LSU put out about a week ago and Tori Tatum was doing like a dance through on floor and she was wearing a leotard so I'm like that's promising like she's alive she's <laughs> she's wearing leotards she's doing dance throughs which that tells me that they're expecting to have her yeah. back on floor she's not why completely would they... out of commission yeah like if she had a career i almost said a career ending injury a season ending injury of some sort i don't think they would be giving her a floor routine so True. i'm optimistic i like the detective work right like does anyone else feel that though like that's what we have to do with some of these teams is like piece it together i'm like i think they're expecting her to be okay at some point in this but as of right now we really don't have any real indication of what she's doing or where she's at with her training right but knowing what she's done in the past in her career she is capable of bringing a one and a half to this lineup which i think lsu is really going to want and need she has big tumbling on floor sky high release moves on bars definitely somebody that would be huge for them to have in really across the board on all events yeah they definitely want a healthy Tori Tatum in their lineups and there's also KJ Johnson she is somebody who I think again doesn't really get kind of that name recognition or she's not necessarily like the big name that you think of when you look at LSU's freshman class this year but don't let that get in the way of recognizing the potential that she truly has. Yeah. I think she's somebody who she has an incredible Yurchenko full that's going to be super, super great for this lineup. Also is training a Yurchenko double. Not really sure when and if we'll see that this season, but I know it's something that's in the works. Um, I believe at LSU's exhibition, she only did a full but I'm also not 100% sure on that because they didn't stream it for the public. So I'm just basing that off of memory from what I saw on Twitter. But either way, I say even if she's not doing the double, her full is pretty great and can still definitely be an option. And then also her floor. She has a really big full and her leaps, her jumps are great. Another one who's really good at performing on floor from what I've seen. So I'm really excited to see what she's going to bring to that lineup. And I think she's going to be a star on that event. Yeah. And another person too is Kai Rivers. 
she has struggled with injuries throughout her career. I think coming into college, she was supposed to be huge for LSU. I mean, she was a level 10 superstar and really has just had it rough in her college career, has really struggled with injuries and we haven't really got to see her full potential. I was really surprised to see her at LSU's inner squad competing. I didn't know if we were going to see her at all competing this season. She's kind of been a mystery up until this point, but she looked really, really good. We saw her, Yurchenko, full on vault. And that is one thing that we had seen her competing before in college. And she does it beautifully. She's very good at sticking it. Yeah, it's good form. Knows where that landing is. We saw her do bars as well. Did she do beamer floor? Do we know? No. Okay. Um, from my knowledge, she didn't. Again, we didn't get to see full videos because LSU had a stream, it looks like, because they were posting routines. But it wasn't available to the public. I'm assuming because of last year with all the COVID stuff and all the backlash they received, they were probably just like you know what we're just gonna spare ourselves the cancellation of the gym tonight and we're just gonna not put this out there for the world but anyways circling back to kai rivers um i don't believe that she did floor but she is incredible on that event and i would love to see her be healthy enough to make that lineup this year but i think that you know that's a plus that we took away from lsu's inner squad we weren't really sure if she was going to compete and then she was like hi i'm here and she actually did really really well yeah she said hi i'm here but also hi look at me i'm doing pretty good yeah i'm looking great (laughs) so i see that as a positive thing for lsu They have the ability to not only make the Final Four, but be in the mix as well. We just didn't really see them performing at their best last season. But I think with this freshman class coming in, those seniors returning. and Yeah, they have like their entire senior class with the exception of Olivia Gunner returning. And just, you know, the other gymnasts on the team as well, like Haley Bryant and Kaya Johnson. I mean, this is a good team that is capable of bringing in some really big scores. So I'd like to see them just be more confident in themselves, believe in themselves, believe in their gymnastics, and, you know, let that carry them through the season. I think that this is a team, though, that, like you were saying, they can be on par with last season, if not better than last season, Mm -hmm. with the talent that they have coming in and people returning from injuries. I expect them to be better. I think their vault and floor team can be some of the best in the nation when they're putting it all together. So, um, yeah, I'm really excited to see what LSU has in store. And if there's any team that's going to break through this season, it's going to be LSU, I think. Yeah. And I know we've been saying that for years because they've been so close before and they've been so good for so long. But this just may be their year. And I think I can see that as well. UCLA is another team that I think is definitely going to be much improved from last season. I had them sixth. I know they were a little bit farther down on your list, Brittany. Yes, I had them in eighth, but I feel like this is kind of where it's humble jumble a little bit. I kind of just am throwing people in there because I really don't know truly, and it's hard to say mm-hmm. where these teams are going to end up. Yeah, I, I believe that UCLA will be more in the mix this year than they were last year. Absolutely. I mean, I think Nia Dennis is obviously the biggest name that they're losing and the biggest contributor that they're losing, but... But like some of the other teams we've mentioned, UCLA is bringing in a huge freshman class. They've got Olympic silver medalist Jordan Childs, who I think is going to come in and be a tank right from the get-go. I expect her to just, you know, come in and mesh with the team and just automatically start bringing in those big scores. Well, we already kind of saw that at Meet the Bruins. She was on campus, I think, for like three or four days, maybe a week at most. Yeah. And... She looked incredible. She looked at home. Yeah. And it made me really, really excited for her potential this entire season and also in her career. Mm -hmm. I think that 
she really made a strong showing at Meet the Bruins. Yeah. And was very much just like, hello, I'm here. Look at me. I'm ready for college gymnastics. Yeah, I'm, I'm really excited to see what she can do this season. And I think she's going to be the boost that UCLA needs to get back to the national championships. Because they had a really disappointing finish to their season last year, not advancing to nationals. That was definitely not how they wanted to end their season. And, you know, they are returning two seniors from last year's class, Paulina Trotz and Kendall Poston. And I think they're going to be, you know, contributors as well for this team. But, you know, the freshman class, I think, is going to be what could potentially save this team and make the outcome a lot different than what it was last year. I think, like we just mentioned, Jordan Childs is going to be a big part of that. They also have Emma Malibuyo, an Olympic alternate. You know, she was someone who... I think she struggled with injuries a lot through her career, and because of that, people have kind of wrote her off a little bit. Oh, for sure. And then she came through. I feel through. like nobody was talking about her. Yeah. Well, I mean, she coming into the, this past year, 2021, you know, she was someone who people just weren't talking about, even in the elite world, and she placed fifth at nationals, and then she was an Olympic alternate, and it was kind of like a reminder that Emma Malbuyo was still here, and that she's great, and she looked great at Meet the Bruins as well. I mean, she did all four events. She did have a fall on beam, which is an event where I think she's going to make an immediate impact on. Oh, yeah. unfortunate, but... I mean, she's there doing all four events, and I think that she's a lineup option on all four events. Her floor routine is great, super cute, fun choreography, dancing with her teammates on the sidelines. I would expect nothing less from Emma, truly. Yeah, it, 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 she's always been a performer. Yeah, that routine totally suits her, so nice to see that. Um, some of the other freshmen they have coming in as well, Alexis Jeffrey, a former elite gymnast. I think she's another one that people are kind of sleeping on a little bit. Yeah, I was really pleasantly surprised by her, and I think that we've also kind of been sleeping on her a little bit. Like, I guess I just didn't really see where I saw her fitting in yeah. with this team, but I'm seeing it now. Um, I think on bars, she's definitely someone who has the potential to be in that lineup. We also saw beam from her we saw a vault from her so definitely some options there yeah she could definitely be a depth person for this team they also have olympian canadian olympian brooklyn moores she did not compete at meet the bruins they said she was sick so we've seen her in the preseason training videos i think she'll hopefully fingers crossed be fine for season she has a front handspring piked half vault which is a 10-0 star value and i think ucla really really needs that yep vault is an event where they're kind of behind the other teams they don't have as many 10-0 star values sakai wright didn't compete at meet the bruins and she's someone who does have a 10-0 star value so they're you know, as of right now, it's like they're down one there with her. Yeah. Um, and that's, I think, an event they really need to kind of start to pick up some ground a little bit if they want to be in contention for that national title. And I know that they do want to be there. Um, Mars was very clear in that in the interview that she gave on the broadcast at Meet the Bruins, that they are trying to build that confidence as a team and really see themselves as a team that can be in the mix. And, you know, they, they, they're walking around saying that we're the national champions and trying to really build that confidence among the whole team that they are good enough to be at that point. Mm-hmm. But I think Brooklyn Moore's on ball is going to be a critical component to this lineup because... They really don't have the 10-0 star values, and that's something that the other teams do have. So while it's good that they have the confidence, I do think they need the routines as well. 
Um, it'll be interesting to see when the season starts how they kind of navigate that because they have Kendall Poston and obviously, like I mentioned, Brooklyn Moores. They both have the 10-0 start values. Shea Campbell was training one, so it's possible that we'll see her with Yuchenko one and a half. Yep. Um, we mentioned Sakai Wright. She's kind of on and off, sometimes in the lineup, sometimes not. I believe that's all they have as far as 10-0 start values. Did you say Jordan Childs? Well, oh, and Jordan Childs, yes. Yeah. Um, but they're definitely a little bit behind the eight ball on this event. So I think that's going to be an event where they struggle. Kind of going through the freshmen still because they have a very large freshman class. They have Anna Potterariu. Um, I think the biggest place she'll make an impact is on bars and beam. She's in a, a world championship silver medalist on beam. Um, it's been a while since we've seen her competing because she's been dealing with injuries, and that unfortunately kept her out of the mix for the Tokyo Olympics, but did do both events at Meet the Bruins and looked pretty good. Yeah, she had a mistake on bars, but her beam was pretty solid, so I think once she can get bars figured out, get the nerves out of the way, she can definitely make an impact on both those events. Yeah. And then last but not least for the freshman class, there's Emily Lee. She, of course, got injured at Olympic Trials. I think she's someone who coming in would have been huge for the Bruins. Um, Going to be a little bit limited this season coming back from that injury. I think that Chris Waller said that there's a possibility she'll do bars and beam maybe midway through the season. And those are the events that she's training at the moment. I wouldn't really expect anything more at this point. But I think that's fine because those are her best events anyways. So I feel like if there was any event that she was really going to make a strong impact, it was going to be bars and beam. Yeah. And I also think that this team has more depth in general than it did last season. So bars and floor, I think they have the most depth. And floor in particular, I think has the potential to be one of the greatest floor teams in the nation if they can put it all together they have of course like we just mentioned jordan childs brooklyn moore's mml buyo three freshmen that i think are definitely going to be in this lineup and are going to make a big impact but they also have you know the return of mars Shay campbell paulina trotz Nora Flatley, she opened up with a triple full at Meet the Bruins. So they definitely have some options on this event. And I think with Trot, Shea Campbell, and Mars, those are some of the best tumblers in the nation. So with the addition of the freshman class, I expect a lot from them in this event. And like I said, if they can get that consistency down with the performance quality that they have, I think that it really has the potential to be an incredible floor team if not one of the best in the nation. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's bold of me to say. I think a lot of people after Meet the Bruins were kind of like shitting on UCLA a little bit. But they also didn't have their full lineups. Like they had a lot of girls that weren't competing. Yeah, I would expect to be competing when the season rolls around. Like they're arresting Shea Campbell and Mars on floor. Yeah, so there's a lot that remains to be seen with UCLA. As with most of these teams. Yeah, but... I think UCLA looks better so far this year than they did last season. Yes. And I just want to give them credit for that. I'm already more optimistic that this season's going to be better just with the talent that they're bringing in and, you know, the routines that they're returning. I think that they're probably not going to have a repeat of last season. Fingers crossed. And knocking on wood. I don't want that for them. I love UCLA. I think that they're a great team. Um, and I'm optimistic that things are going to be better for them this season, but we'll have to see. There's still some question marks. So I had Cal in at number six. And I had them at seven. I think that this is going to be Cal's redemption era. I'm calling for that this season. So 
They are currently without their star, Kiana George. She went down with an Achilles injury, which is super unfortunate. But I do think that they have a really strong freshman class that's going to be able to contribute in a lot of ways. So they have Madeline Williams. She was a former elite back in 2017 and 2018. And she is absolutely beautiful on bars and beam and, and could definitely be a high score for them on those two events. They're also gaining Maya Lazan, who was a consistent top three all-around finisher at J.O. Nationals in her level 10 career. She was a 2019 Nastia Cup qualifier. She scored a 10 on vault before. I mean, she's another big level 10 who's coming in, who's kind of being overshadowed because there's so many, you know, incredible elites and Olympians coming in this year. But don't sleep on the level 10s because a lot of the times the level 10s are the ones that kind of end up being the stars of college gymnastics oh for sure yeah they also have abigail scanlon a former elite um we've seen her on beam so far at cal and she looks pretty steady also her floor she has a beautiful double layout that i think could definitely contribute to their floor she lineup. stuck that a lot when she was an elite gymnast i remember watching her stick like two feet stick that double layout a lot yep um they also have jordan kane and ella cesario so a really really promising freshman class that I think, you know, despite having Kiana George go down with an injury, that I think that this freshman team can really help to add to Cal's depth overall. Mm -hmm. And I think a big thing is they're gaining back Gabby Perea. Yeah. Who was someone who was expected to be really big for them last season, but didn't end up really competing because of injury. So I think having her back is going to be huge for Cal. And they're also just returning so many talented faces from last season. You know, you got Nevaeh D'Souza, Milan Clazi, Maya Bordas, Andy Lee, Emmy Watterson. I mean, they really do have an excellent team mm -hmm. that I think is going to pick right up where they left last season. Yeah, I think bars in particular, they finished number one in the nation on bars last year. Of course, Maya Bordas, the reigning national bar champion. I expect... Much of the same for this season on bars. I, they obviously are still going to be super incredible and I think can definitely still be one of the top teams in the nation this season. I think if there is a week event, it would probably be Vault just because they're relying on a lot of your Chinkle foals in their lineup and they're good foals at that, but it does leave room for some scores that maybe aren't as high. Milan Kalazi typically competes at one and a half, but recently she's only been doing a full. So I'm not exactly sure what's going on with her, if there's an injury that she's working back from. Um, I don't recall seeing anything about that, but she's doing the other events, just not full of difficulty on fall. So that's something that they're definitely going to hope to have come season. But Nevaeh D'Souza has a really nice one and a half. And then the freshman Maya Lazan as well. I think she's going to potentially come in and anchor that vault lineup. We'll have to see what they decide to do with the lineup. But she definitely has that potential. Mm -hmm. You know, Cal was one of those teams that I was really excited to see make it to nationals. I think they had a record-breaking year, and they're looking to do that again this year. So that's why I have them on my list. I'm really excited with what I have seen from them in preseason training and just based off of what they were able to pull out last year. I'm expecting another really great season for them. As far as the teams that we've picked, um, I have Arkansas's eighth. Brittany's lineup was a little bit different than mine. You had UCLA as eighth. Um, in a little bit of different order than mine. But um, I think Arkansas is a team on the rise, you know, with Jordan Weber and Chris Brooks as coaches. And then, you know, they've hired Kyla Ross, Felicia Hano. I mean, they have 
a really great coaching staff and a really talented roster as well. They're returning Maggie O'Hara and Sarah Schaefer from last season, as well as gaining maybe one of the best freshmen in the country who's not an Olympian or a big name elite, Leah Smith. She won the Nastia Cup. I see her coming in and making an immediate impact on this team as an all-arounder. Yeah, I think that she has the potential to be one of the greatest gymnasts that Arkansas has ever seen. Absolutely, yeah. And that's so crazy to think that, you know, she's just a freshman and we haven't even actually seen her competing officially yet, but I definitely have high hopes for her. Just knowing that what she's capable of, that, you know, what she's accomplished in her career as a level 10, and then what we have seen in preseason training videos, she is going to be a force on every single event. Yeah. And she almost does a Yurchenko full-on vault, but it's an incredible full at that. One that I think, if she sticks it, is going to go 99 plus every week. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, Arkansas, they they had two individuals at Nationals last year with Maggie O'Hara and Kennedy Hambrick. I know that they want to get two Nationals as a team this year. That's their goal. We actually had Jordan Weber on our podcast. If you guys want to listen to it, she talks a lot about, you know, the team this season and their goals and hopes for this upcoming season. So make sure you check that out if you haven't listened to that. But I just, I feel good about this team. You know, it's just a, a gut feeling that I have. Yeah, no, I, I like it though. I can see them making it to nationals. So I'm going with Arkansas. So I guess my pick for that on the cusp team, I actually had them in seventh ahead of UCLA, and that is Arizona State. So they are a team that I am so excited about this season. They have looked absolutely incredible in preseason. They are, of course, returning their NCAA individual qualifier, Hannah Scharf, who we also had on our podcast. So you can go check that interview out. She is hoping to compete at Yurchenko one and a half this season, which is super exciting and I think will definitely help add to their vault depth and their scoring potential on that event. They're adding in freshman Alex Theodoro, who has been a star in her level 10 career. She was second on beam in floor at Nationals last year, second at the Nastia Cup. She has a perfect 10 on vault from last season. So somebody who I think we can expect a lot of big things from this season. And someone that I know they hope will step up and fill the shoes of their senior last year, Cairo Leonard Baker. She was a star for ASU and definitely will be missed this season. But I think the fact that I feel so optimistic about ASU, despite the loss of their star athlete, I think speaks volumes to the talent of not only their freshman class, but just their team in general. I think this is a team that a lot of people have kind of been sleeping on a little bit. Mm -hmm. They were super close last year to make it to national. They were ninth, and that was a historic finish for them. And they came so, so close. And I know that this team is so hungry to actually make it there this year. I'm also really excited about their bar squad. So their returning sophomore, Sienna Somali, she came back from an injury last season. She wasn't competing, but she has beautiful toe point and lines on this event. She's somebody who I remember watching as a little kid um, back when me and Ashley, you know, ran our triple twist gym blog. Um, I remember we did some sort of feature on her talking about her potential. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. So it's like, I, it's cool to see that she's finally not only in college, but is really, at least in my opinion, really setting herself up to be a bar star for ASU. So really excited to watch her this season. Um, Also, Sarah Clark is a sophomore. Absolutely beautiful on that event, and I think has the potential to score really, really high. Her double layout on bars is like chef's kiss 
perfection. <laughs> She's somebody who I think is really going to help make this lineup the best that it can be. The only, I guess, downside to ASU right now that I can see is that their vault star, Anya Smith, was on crutches at the most recent inner squad. So um, and maybe it's out there and I just haven't seen it, but I'm not quite sure what her injury is or the extent of it, but hoping that she'll be okay for season, although crutches at this point usually aren't a very good sign. Yeah. So. But, you know, I figured either way I would go on a whim and I'm going to have them as one of the teams making it to nationals this I year. I like that. Just because, like I said, they were so close last year and I know that this team is really fired up to not let what happened last year happen again this year. So really excited about what this team can bring to the table and yeah, I have them in my top eight. I like that. That's a good way to end it, too, I feel like. We'll end it with a team on the rise. Well, technically, I did want to touch on Bama real quick. Okay, we can touch on Bama. Um, Just because I feel like we have to, because... They're the reigning SEC champions. Right. Like, I don't have them in my top eight, but they're also one of those teams that we haven't really seen a lot from. Yeah. So, again, it's kind of hard to really rank them or compare them to other teams, mm-hmm. but... Like you said, reigning SC champs, a team that's always in the mix. You can't count them out. They have Luisa Blanco, who right now is not doing vault because she's recovering from, I think it was a shoulder surgery, mm-hmm. if I'm Yeah, it was, not it was something with her shoulder. And she had surgery right after season last year, so she's... She's doing good. She's competing bars, being on the floor. She did those events at their recent inner squad that also wasn't streamed. And vault is something that is in the works for her. So definitely expecting her to be back and be okay for season, at least some point in the season yeah. as an all-arounder because she is one of the best all-arounders, if not the best all-arounder in the country. Yeah. They're getting Lexi Graber back as well. I think that's really big for Bama and, and promising for them. Um, Shania Adams is someone who I can also see potentially really step it up for them this season and contribute on all four events. She has that potential. They also have, you know, gymnasts like Shallon Olsen who can bring in big scores. And I think now that the Olympics are done, she can focus on college. I think with Shallon, the biggest thing is... We know this because we've had her on our fantasy teams in the past and it's been irritating. (laughs) When I say irritating, I'm talking about the way that she would land her passes because it seemed very much like she was still kind of training and competing with the elite mindset and trying to two feet stick everything and take instead of taking that lunge back like you're allowed to do in college gymnastics and that would always affect her score yeah so I'm hoping that now that she's you know the Olympics are over I don't know if she's continuing with the lead or not but for now you know she's in her senior year at Bama I think she should really just focus on college gymnastics and you know, allowing herself to take the lunge back on her floor passes could be huge because, you know, she could be going 9-9 plus every single week if she does that and bring a little bit more consistency to Bama's lineups, which I think they could use. Yeah. So, you know, I have her down as, you know, a big contributor for this team, um, but I think that, you know, she really needs to lean into the college side of gymnastics a little bit more as opposed to elite, and she could do big things. 
Bama doesn't really, in my opinion at least, have any big name wow factor freshmen coming in, which is what I think keeps them out of my top list for right now. And it's not to say that they don't have freshmen that are going to be contributing or making an impact. Like, you know, Lily Hudson is a former elite. I think that we could potentially see her in some lineups. And yeah, if I'm not mistaken, she did a one and a half at their recent Mm -hmm. exhibition. So yeah, and that was kind of surprising. So yeah, I mean, I definitely definitely think there's more that they're doing that we're just not seeing or that we're aware of. And that's very, very possible. So I I mean, I'd love for them to prove, you know, everything that we're saying wrong. Um, But I think that with some of these other teams, you know, it's, it's the question marks. It's, it's not knowing. And with how early it is in the season, if they're not showing their inner squads or we're only seeing highlights here and there on Instagram, it's really hard to get the big picture. Well, and we, there was somebody in one of our fantasy groups that was at their exhibition. So she was there in person and she said that they looked like really rough. Yeah. So it's, it's one of those things you're reading things online and you're trying to piece together things in your own mind. You know, some people who I know are really big. Alabama fans I'm seeing them rave in the Facebook groups about Alabama but then I have somebody in my DM saying that they look horrible so it's yeah. kind of like who do you believe right. a little bit because I'm, I'm not seeing it for myself so yeah. I'm basing my opinion off of other people's opinions I think which that, is hard <laughs> yeah I think a theme that we've seen with a lot of these teams that we talked about today is they're returning a lot of the talent that they had from last season we've I feel like we've said that so many times in this episode no it's literally true for every top team aside from Oklahoma yeah they're returning that top talent but then they're also gaining big freshman classes that's a theme with a lot of these teams so I think in regards to Bama because they're not necessarily gaining a huge freshman class I don't know if I see them drastically improving in any way from last season I I maybe see them staying kind of about the same as where they were last season I see them being in the mix to make it to nationals I think they absolutely can at the end of the season be, you know, one of the top eight teams and be down there at the NCAA championships. That's kind of what I see from them at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, anything can happen, of course, but um, that's kind of what I'm thinking with Bama at this point in the season. And anything can happen. We've said this a million times in this episode. I feel like I'm getting annoyed of having to even say this because it's very repetitive, but there's just so much talent across the board. And I really yeah. think it's just going to come down to who is the best at the end of the season and who's the healthiest also. Yeah. But it's going to be a good college gymnastics season. I'm really, really, really looking forward to it. And we want to know what you guys think as well. So send us a message, tweet us, email us, do all the things. Let us know what you think. What are your predictions for the season? Who not are some only, of the teams that you're looking forward to seeing? But Yeah, not only do, who do you think is going to be that top team at the end of the year, but who do you have as your final four on the floor? Who are the eight teams that you have making it to nationals? I want to know all of it because yeah. I'm very interested in reading other people's predictions and kind of hearing other people's thoughts and their justifications on you know, why they're ranking a certain team at where they are at this point in time. So it's just fun to break down. It's fun to break down. It's fun to think about and it's fun to talk about. So um, we hope you guys enjoyed hearing our thoughts and we look forward to hearing yours as well. That does it for this week's episode. And real quickly, we just want to say thank you again for all your support this year. 
It's been an incredible year podcast-wise. I mean, we've had so many amazing interviews, interviewed some of our biggest idols in the sport. Oh, truly, like our two biggest idols, Jordan Weber, Carly Patterson. I still look back on that, and I'm like, how did we manage? Like, <laughs> I just sometimes it feels unreal. Yeah. So, so it's been an incredible year, and we've had a lot of new supporters as well. So we just want to say thank you guys so much for sticking by us and for listening to our show and sending us nice messages all the time. It really does mean a lot to us. And right now we are in the process of setting up an interview, which we're hoping will be our first interview slash episode of 2022. This is one that we've been planning for a while now. But yeah, I think honestly, since the summer, we've been talking to this person since the summer, trying to figure out our schedules and whether it's her schedule being too busy or our schedule is too busy. It just hasn't worked out yet, but we're hoping that this upcoming week here is going to be the week that we can get it done. So we're not going to tell you guys who it is, but we'll give you a little hint. She is a UCLA Bruin, so go pull up the roster and maybe try and figure out who you think it's going to be. Um, I guess the only person that we've interviewed has been Paulina Trotz and BJ Das, so you can eliminate and, them from the list. And Anna Potterario. Oh, true. We did do her. Yeah, so um, it's safe to assume that it's not any of them, but the rest of the roster, go ahead and try and guess it. Lots of great <laughs> options there, so... Um, anyways, we hope you guys have a safe and happy new year and we'll talk to you in 2022. Bye guys. Bye. Love you.